Stories bring lessons, laughter, unforgettable experiences, and memories that far outlive the storytellers themselves. Great stories happen to those who can tell them. This is the Jack and Around podcast, hosted by two-time Academy of Country Music Award winner and master storyteller Jack Ingram. In these open dialogue podcasts, Jack digs into the personal stories of a wide variety of special guests, including your favorite music, sports, and entertainment personalities. And now to introduce today's guest, here is podcast producer Matt Bevato. Thank you, Mr. Rowdy Yates. Today's guest, Roger Clemens, truly doesn't need an introduction, but I'll let the numbers speak for themselves, all of which will be discussed on this podcast, part one of a two-part podcast series. So twice in Clemens' career, he struck out 20 in one game. In career stats, he ranks ninth with the most wins, third with the most strikeouts. Most importantly, he has the hardware to show it with seven Cy Young Awards, the most in Major League Baseball history, and two World Series rings. Note Part 2 premieres Wednesday, March 17th. During Part 2, Roger visits with Jack about the latter part of his career, including coming out of retirement to play for the Houston Astros and when Congress decided to get involved in Major League Baseball and the possibility of being left out of the Hall of Fame, even though he is arguably one of the best pitchers in the history of baseball. Before we begin, some quick housekeeping notes. Provided below in the description are bios and links to listen on your favorite audio platform to watch on YouTube and to visit the website located at jackandroundpodcast.com. Last but not least, if you enjoy this podcast, can't stress enough how important it is to spread the word. So please like, subscribe, comment, share, and review this podcast. We begin part one as Jack and Roger are walking in from one of Jack's shows. Enjoy. That dude's secret service. Yeah. He, he was a. I got a horseshoe pit in my backyard because of 41. Oh, really? He come over and threw horseshoes a few times. Oh, no joke. Yeah. What was 41 or or 41 wife's nickname? Like, uh, Tranquility. Yeah, that's her? Was she like that? Uh, what was that movie that they had with? Oh, Driving Miss Daisy. No. Driving Miss Daisy. Of course, like that, but also the one where it was a well, secret no, service. No, no, not Driving Miss Daisy. It was Driving Tess, right? Guarding test. Oh, it was guarding test. Guarding test. Yeah. Guarding test. What was her name? Nicholas Cage and uh, the, the redhead. The badass actress. Oh, Pod, yeah. say hi to Mama Bear. Hi. How are you? Look he just I he just killed it. Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> What's up? See, they're in Sedona. Believe it or not. Hey, make us make us some jewelry. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're getting we need, we're we getting need, we're getting it. We're going live here across the nation. I mean, look at look at this. Look at this place. Look at look how he look how he rolls at night, huh? No, you no you can't because we're gonna. No, say, you can rent it on Pornhub in about six months. <laughs> What's perfect? Jack ended with "Baby's Got Back Tonight." It was unbelievable. Jim was dancing. Yeah, he's icing so down Carol. over there right now. Look at him. Hi, Deb. Deb. Hi, honey. How are you, dear? Good. Get a haircut. Get a haircut. Hey, Casey, get a haircut. Deb, how old are you? <laughs> she don't age. Okay. Are you like four, right. Are you like 37? I'm glad Jim's there with you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only adult in hey, the We're room. behaving them for a Monday night. It's civil right now. Uh, I'll call you after. We got business. <laughs> Can't, because this is going uh, only shown in Canada. Is this kind of like what George's interviews are like? Oh, every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were you there when I was there? Yeah, Keebo. Oh, yeah. Keebo. Oh, one night, right? 
so I, I was up at the we're not running it. I saw George 43 pubes on a soap. <laughs> All right. I, I stayed in that we're room. Gonna, we're going to cut that. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit that too. And I was like, those are fucking President Bush's pubes. <laughs> it's weird when you're like in somebody else's space and you go, ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> Why? Oh, there you go. Just soda them with that. Yeah, I just need a splash of soda. We're going to sound like Harry Carey here in a minute on that. Hi, everybody. Hi, it's the bottom of the fifth, and uh, bases are loaded, and you know what? So am I. Did he say that? <laughs> yeah. See, man, that's that would never happen now. All the seats in Tiger Stadium are blue. Long pause. Except for the orange ones. <laughs> no shit, Harry. There's a drive. It might be. It. And you're listening on radio. About ready to drive off the freeway if you're a Cubby. <laughs> there's a drive. It might be. It could be. Oh, the shortstop hauls it in. <laughs> <laughs> He's hammered. He's got. Did you guys up. ever listen to that stuff in the dugout? Well, we turned the TV guys off and put him on. My buddy was so excited. He got called to the big leagues. <laughs> He's with the Cubs. He's like, man, I'm in. And he goes, my parents, everybody's watching. We can't wait for Harry Carey to call my name. I'm going to come out of the bullpen and relief. Harry's up there, and he goes, um, sixth inning. He's like, yeah, call the bullpen. <laughs> you sound hammered already. Yeah, he's hammered. Call the bullpen, and um, what what numbers? He's yelling to the guy helping him. Number, what numbers? 56. Who, who's? How? Oh, Cubby fans, this is Dennis Lamp coming in to pitch. He wasn't even good in AAA. <laughs> that, that's what he gets to go with with his parents. His poor parents. He goes, I was all excited. Harry Carey's going to talk me up. Ah. He kind of sucked the whole way up. <laughs> How do he you went, fail upwards? A one. A two. Oh, and just walked six of my best friends. Somebody brought him a six-pack. And just walked six of my best friends. <laughs> so, hold on. When was the first major league game? Hold on. So, I was watching something earlier today. That freaked me out. So you had never been to a major league ballpark until you showed up to play in one? Is that true? Well, my dad took me to my first big league game. It was at Crosley Field in Cincinnati. I got to see the big red machine. So that was really the first. When you were a kid. When I was a kid. I was nine years old, and I got to see, you know, that's when Bench was there and Pete Rose and Perez. And, I mean, it was a big red machine. Joe Morgan. I didn't know. I didn't know. You didn't know what that was. No, I I didn't know. I just knew they were pro ball players, and this was really cool. And Crosley Field, you know, Jack, it wasn't a a stadium. I mean. How many people did it hold? 15? Yeah, maybe maybe a little more. So, but to answer your question. But it was big league. Yeah, it was big leagues, absolutely. Uh, Mine was a great experience. I got called to big leagues, Fenway Park, right? Pitched, I don't know, two games in AAA. And I get called to. You come out of college. Came out of Texas. And you only spent two games in AAA? I had 12 games in the minors. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't say that out loud because my boys get on me all the time. I talk to them about riding a minor league bus, and they're like, oh, It's kid, kind of funny kill, to hear you yeah, say, like, yeah. really, man, two games? I would kill the guys in spring training, too, because, you know, once you become a veteran in, in spring training, the road trips, you know, sometimes Florida or Arizona, you know, Arizona short trips, but I only trained in Florida. But there's sometimes three-hour bus rides. And the bus would be leaving, and my day would be basically over. I get in there at seven a.m., get all my work done before you go, 
and then I'm going to head back and go to Disney with the troops or go golf or whatever. But the bus is in Before the parking. Before game time? No, no. This they're on a road trip. This is a road trip. Boy, the the team's going to say say I'm with the Yankees. Okay. We're in Tampa, and they got to go play in Bradenton. So they got to. And he's on days off. Yeah. Oh, you should, yeah, yeah, you're I'm not, not pitching. pitching. I'm not pitching it. I'm pitching. And then once you become a veteran, the pitching coach usually takes care of the veteran guys. It's the same man. So you, and they want you to pitch at home. So they want me to pitch in Tampa. They want me to pitch in when I was Red Sox. <laughs> they want you to pitch home games. They don't want you on a bus riding three hours. So they look after you and take care of you. And I and I take care of them under the table. You know, pay them. Here, here, here coach, go get you a nice steak dinner, right? So for fun. <laughs> That's I'm old a, school, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, now? Yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely it does. Good. So now you go to the parking lot. And the bus is there getting ready to leave to go, you know, it's leaving at to 10 o'clock. It's leaving at 10, you know, and our fielding practice is over his pitchers and everything. And just for fun, just to bust the other guy's balls on the, on the uh, you know, Jeter and Posada and all the everyday guys are on that bus. They're taking a long-ass road trip. I'd be rolling out to the parking lot to get my car to leave to go golf or go to Disney with Orlando. the truth. My day, yeah, my day's over. <laughs> but um, for fun, since I ain't been on a bus in 15 years <laughs> – I, I get I take two steps on this new bus and look up bus and I go, damn, these things are fancy. They got AC and TVs and a bathroom and like you all the other everyday guys are like, Rocket, get the fuck off the <laughs> be, bus be and get the- your ass off the piece of you. <laughs> so they wear me out and uh So did you say Jeter and Jeet and Parsada, my catch. All those guys yeah, they wear you out, man. That, but, but they're they, on the bus. Oh yeah, they're going they're going to play that day. And uh, on on that road trip, but uh, yeah, I think I had twelve games in the minors. But you're right, you got to start. You got to go back because at the University of Texas, won the final game in '83 national championship at Texas, beat Alabama, get drafted by the Boston Red Sox, and I'm like, where, where, where am I going? Because so how green were you? Very green. I go right from a team that you know at Texas where we rebuild and and. Uh, you know, we had a saying, we don't rebuild, we reload at Texas. That's because Texans are cocky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be when you win. You have to be. <laughs> and you have to be there when you play for Coach Gus, who is the winningest coach in NCAA history, right? Yeah. He, he looks at you as a – If you eight, don't say that, you don't belong on the team. That's right. 18 – yeah, we still have that sign there. Uh, the timid in the week. They don't belong there. So uh, – Yeah, oh, yeah. We're at peanut gallery over here. Uh Hey, somebody, somebody hey. hook him out of here. This is Jim. If, if anybody hears the peanut gallery, that's Jim West. He's a good friend of both of ours. Use, use that lightly, friend. <laughs> use that lightly, friend. I mean, friend. good friend, like, you know. <laughs> lightly. Use that. And, and he went to Texas State, which is our minor league uh, team for <laughs> University Sorry. of Texas. You played 12 games with his school. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, get drafted. And uh, end up going through the minor leagues pretty quick, 12 games, get the call up to go to Fenway Park. Is that a record? I don't know about that, but it was it was nice. I know that. It, I didn't spend a lot of time. Who else, I was would, who else would have been close to that? I, mean, I imagine that back then, Jack. I, no, no, no. I, I, guys back then probably like one of the biggest names to come out of Texas as a teenager and went right to the big leagues and one probably, you know, now you look back, it doesn't look like it was a great move for him because it, it, it ended short was David Clyde. Left-handed pitcher. Remember David Clyde? Mm-hmm. And uh, threw extremely hard. I was a young player in Texas, so I got to go watch him pitch against our school. He played at a, a high school uh, Remind me to bring town. up that whole hard pitching thing later. Cause, Absolutely. Because it really does wow me that you talk about others as if they were hard pitchers and 
Yeah. If not yourself. Yeah. So, so, but you know, Hey, I mean, you, for, for me, like, again, when I, when J dub and I come out and watch you work, like we watch you do your thing and I watch your emotions and your heart and your, the person that you are, I, the same people see me on the mound being intimidating. Intimidating for me is like when I talk to Jack Nicholas about being intimidating, he wasn't like when he came on the scene, he was kicking Arnie's butt and he wasn't a fan favorite. He was kicking Arnold Palmer's right. butt. But when you call when somebody's intimidated, it's because they win. They're good at what they do and they win. You're not you can throw a hundred miles an hour and, not, and be a loser, not win. It's not very intimidating. And uh, you know I'm a power pitcher. I'm not a power thrower. I don't throw. I pitch. Big difference. So when I don't have my 98 and I only my shoulders barking a little bit and I'm not feeling up to par, and I'm throwing 92, I, I find, I'm going to find a way to win because I know where you know for the most part I know where the baseball is going. No different than what you, what you do. You go out there every night. You got to bring it every night. You're performing. I'm throwing in front of fifty five thousand people in these stadiums, and I'm on stage. And when I go out there and lay an egg, and I'm driving home, and I just got knocked out of the game in the third inning, it's the worst feeling. The worst. So t- yeah, it's the worst. I always say like, man, I've got twenty two and a half hours to think about doing the only job I have in an hour and a half. Same with baseball, I would think. It's like, man, every fifth day, yeah, you got an hour, you got three hours or, or two hours to do your to do what you're on this earth to do. And if you and if you lay that egg, you got yeah. you got another five days to think. I'm the worst, sorry, son of a bitch. If, to you, ever. if you love what you do and you care about, it. that's why I tell people, you know, over 24 years, physically I got you, mentally I'm going to crush you. And then emotions come into play. Now I tell people, in 24 years, I showed my ass out there a handful of times. But like What's my mother said, your ass? just getting um, pissed off at yourself. No, you know, getting in an argument with an umpire, another player, uh, you know, you know, just just you know, being maybe letting your emotions get the best of you, which you try and check those. But you well, know, those what? Are, I care, I care. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing I tell people is that I'm I'm proud of that city I'm wearing on my chest, and I care about what I did. When you guys are coming to watch me work, whether it's J-Dub and Toby in the dugout eating a hot dog or Frito pie when I'm out there trying to kill myself and ask, <laughs> and, and, they, and they got Frito pie on their chest. Hey, how you doing out there, Rock? I go, I'm, I'm dying. It's 100 degrees. I'm dying, but don't worry about it. I'm 45 years old. You look great out there. I'm Way good. to go. Go I'm get good. it. Yeah, oh, I'm good. But, so hold uh, up. No, in all seriousness, you, you, I mean, like I said, when I, when I get the opportunity to come watch you work, and see your emotions and to hear you and watch you play a guitar. Um, and, it, and it's nothing about how they always say, you know, athletes want to be musicians, musicians want to be athletes. I, I just love, you know, it's similar to when I played like in the AT&T and the Bob Hope or even in the Diamond Resort event a couple months ago where I'm playing with the girls. And it's I'm, I'm playing with them when they're it's an official round for them. It's not a pro-am. They're actually so when they make bogey, I get to watch their expressions. I get to watch them after they make birdie and how they come back. How they rebound? How they rebound? I I love that part of it. I mean, be like if you could stand behind the mound and call pitches for me for an entire game for a three-hour ball game, and uh, and then I get to come and watch you ten feet from what you do. I mean, that's what I was telling J Dub today. I mean, this is good stuff. I loved to hear your lyrics. I, I I list. I like detail. I do too. And and I so I think that's what I like the most about. Uh, performers like yourself is I like listening to details. I love to hear your stories. They crack me up. You have a great sense of humor. You have a great heart. 
And, uh, uh, but, uh, like I said, most of my friends I've surrounded me are that way. They're great people. Everybody that I've ever been around you that you're with, they're, 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 funny. they're real they're storytellers. They're real. They're, well, they just got a, th- real. a certain thing, <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're real. And if you're not in the room and somebody says something about one of my friends and they're not with me, I'm going to call them out on it. If they hit below the belt, it's just like I, how I lead my life. And whether it be some dude, you know, saying this or that about me or I did this or that and you know it's not true, sometimes you have to stand up for it. Some people don't like it, but you stand up for it. And we know I, what's funny, man, is, is that I have – so I never knew you when you were playing. I met you after that in Vegas, which was – I called my brother. I was like, dude – <laughs> well, I met you first with Bench at yeah. the ins- – what's the one they Inspired. have at the yeah, Woodlands? It was, uh, was Administaff back then, I think. Administaff. And That's it was right. so funny because I'm, I'm always – like I just like funny shit. <laughs> and you came up – we were on the 18th hole, and I had been sitting there all day with Johnny Bench. I was driving the cart, and he was in the passenger seat. And people keep coming up and asking him for an autograph. And he kept declining. And from my world, like, yeah, you, you don't decline autographs, right. man. You just do it. You're glad people are still asking. Yeah. And so, and I was kind of like, mm, mm. oh, <laughs> like it hurt me. It hurt my feelings every time it happened because yeah, it absolutely. happened a lot. A little bunch of kids. And I was like, hey, man. And so we met you and you, go, you came up and you go, hey, I'm the rocket. And I go, hey, I'm the jack. <laughs> <laughs> And we talked for a minute, yeah. and you let me wear your ring, and we did the whole bit, and it was great. And I go, that guy's a good dude. I just didn't want to kiss you on both cheeks. Makes you feel like you're in the mob. Kiss, kiss me on the <laughs> mouth next time. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, hold on. So, but, so, but, when, so when I left, things. when we left that, when we left that, uh, that tee box, it was number eighteen at whatever course that was, Woodlands. And Bench goes, "Hey, man, I know you." Like he could tell. He goes, "I know you're nervous." And don't like it that I'm not signing autographs. And I was like, well, hey, man, it's just not my world. Like, in my world, we sign autographs to anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. And he goes, remember that dude, Rocket, we just met? And I go, yeah. He goes, last year, he made 85000 bucks a pitch. The best year I ever had was 85000 bucks for the year. And it was a, it made me understand, like, the difference between how that, all of that works of, like, how yeah, so, so I'll explain it to you easy. So how it works is that you thank the guys that played before you. I was the highest paid player, I think, in the league seven times. My agents did. So when I got to the Red Sox at 21 years of old uh, out of University of Texas, my first two years, it was like, okay, I got to do this. I got to make some money to get paid for my mom's town home, pay, get her a new car. So it was, it was kind of about the money. Then, then I won 24 games and won my first Cy Young, and we go to the World Series. And I was used to winning at Texas. And after that, my agent said, listen, you handle your stuff on the field. We'll handle the business part of it off the field. So you had a great that, agent. That's, that's where I had a great agent, but I also knew, I already knew uh, the finance part of it. And then once I knew I got my feet in the ground, I punched out 20 and won 24 games. Then from that point on, it was about winning championships again. And you never worried about your talent disappearing on you. No, I mean, I did the work out there. I had a, I had a saying, and um, they've used it. I actually have the sign in uh, my little guy's, my grandbaby's uh, playroom. 
it says uh, it's a quote from me. It says, "My only day off was the day I pitched." I love that. Yeah, that's the only like the only time I feel so, normal. Yeah, is the last hour and a half you saw me. Yeah, everything else, like it, I just I don't know what I'm doing. No, I can try to figure it out. I can try to write songs. I can try to run. I can try to, but man, the only time I feel really in the zone. Yeah. Is when I'm on my own mound. So check this out. So I tell J-Dub this too when we see, you know, we obviously have a bunch of friends that are musicians like yourself. I always wonder that when you're playing that guitar and you're doing a solo or what or in between your your lyrics, I just think that you guys hear something in your ear. It's a different different sound almost to what when I hear you guys playing that you guys hear. uh, It's the You know, it's a different zone when I'm on the mound. I don't hear the popcorn guy. I don't hear the people screaming. I don't hear in a visiting ballpark them screaming my name, chanting my name. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's really like blinders, and you know, you're it's tunnel vision. It's almost like that golfing movie where uh, for the love of the game, or not, and I was yeah, a Dan Jenkins, movie, or... where the fairway just opens up for him. The concentration, the focus. You know, I always tell the boys. I got my two youngest boys playing still, and I tell them their focus, uh, just just their focus alone. Will, will, will make them better than a handful of guys there being able to focus. Because everybody's going to be screaming and hollering at you, whatever. I completely agree. So I, tonight I, it's the same way. Like, so because of COVID and all this, you know, like I'm, I'm used to playing 125 shows a year or whatever. Right, right, right. And you get in a zone where you start the show and you're already in this zone where you're like, you're picking up from last night. But as it is now, I'm I'm wondering if I'm going to remember the words to the freaking song, yeah. and so tonight I knew I was playing in front of you, not necessarily JW, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's a, that's a worst quit critic. But I'm just saying, there were moments when I felt like I fell into the zone, and I wasn't thinking about you, I wasn't thinking about him, I wasn't thinking about my mom, or, my mom and dad were there, and I was talking shit like I was doing yeah, my yeah, thing. Yeah. When you fall into that zone, it's like. It's like you're flying. And when you come back out of it and you don't know why, you got to find a way to get back in. Is that what pitching is like? It is. I mean, it's it's like um, when I warm up and it's horrible, like I'm not throwing strikes. I can feel my arm, my my, my, my hamstrings fixing, it feels like it's going to go, and I'm not, and it's not good. I know that I don't have to worry about that. And this is what I, uh, I translate to the younger players, that when, when I have my bullpen session before the game, and I warm up and it's not good. And I come I come through the gate out of the bullpen and like uh, Brad Osmus is looking at me going, <laughs> you know, this is going to be, get the long man ready. This is about a two-inning job right here. And I said, dude, stay with me. Let's get through the anthem. Once we get in front of the bright lights, I'll come. in front of the crowd, they're going to help. They're going to, I need, I need them to help me through this. That's why I think that I wouldn't be very good at these times with COVID where there's nobody in the stands. I'm not sure that yeah, I you would. would. Yeah, you would. Well, you only, they, hold, they, hold on. they pipe in the sound. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let's not forget you only had 12 minor league games. Yeah, yeah. Because I guarantee you, a guy like you, that's yeah. why I like being around well, you. That's why I like being around the, the best of the best is like, I guarantee you, whether it's 10 or 10,000, you'll yeah, find champions find. I'm yeah. not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. when there's 50 people, yeah, man, yeah. I should be playing in front of 50,000, but I'm not. And somebody in that audience hasn't seen me ever play. So that goes all the way back to what I tell people when people say that you're God-given talent. I believe in God-given talents, but I believe that the God-given talent that he gave me was hard work. 
your work ethic and know that when I, when I was, my pops died when I was nine, I was raised by two strong-willed women. You know, all these people yeah. out here with all the noise, my mother and my grandmother. I watched my mother work three jobs here in Houston. I stopped coolers at a convenience store on the weekends with her where everybody in my high school was partying. I didn't have a vehicle. Thank God when I lived three miles from the high school because after my high school coach always talked about it, I'd throw my backpack and I'd jog home after baseball practice. Three miles every day? Yep. Did you go through? Three miles. Did you run yeah. to school and back home? Uh, I, I would I would be fortunate <laughs> to get, get a couple right. rides, yeah. A couple, a couple of gals couple, couple gal, couple gal <laughs> would swing by and get me, you know. But they couple wouldn't wait gals. For, yeah, she wouldn't she wouldn't wait they wouldn't wait for me after practice. I mean, you know, let's be real. They'd wait so, for you after the game though, yeah, bitch. Maybe after the game, yeah. If I did good. If I didn't walk too many guys. So uh but uh but uh, my and my grandmother the same way. My grandmother always said, "Hey, if you're a ditch digger, be the best damn ditch digger you can possibly be." So I was raised. You'll by, be the foreman. Yeah, I was raised by strong-willed women, and that's that's uh, that's what gave me the pride and the discipline that I have. That what's very important about your job and your work. Now, I had a great supporting cast with my four boys and the wife I have of keeping everybody together. And yeah, man, and, you made a great choice. With yeah, you. got lucky. Every time so, I'm with you guys, I'm like. Yeah, she's a she, badass, she gets it. Man. Yeah, she gets it, and uh, she's an artist. Loves her moon and stars, and I love it that she's in Sedona yeah, yeah, making she jewelry. It. She loves that stuff, man. So, so I was lucky there, and and uh, she's my biggest pitching coach too. I mean, she would get on me, but she didn't know f- first couple of years. She would ask my catchers, "What can I tell him? What can I tell him?" She and, and my catcher, like Richie Gebman, say, "You know, he walked four guys. Tell him to quit walking, guys." So I get in the car. I was like, "Damn, that was pretty good, though, right?" And she goes, "Yeah, it was a great game, but quit walking, guys." I'm like. How did she know? That? I mean, where did this come from? So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she's getting okay. Let me ask you. I, I, I've always wondered that because. So my brother played golf in college. He was really good. He could have love it. Maybe gone pro. He's always told me like, "Hey, man, I won one tournament. The guys that are going pro won the rest." But having played golf and and done and even with me, well, it's not the same with music. Like I won't fuck up twice. More or less. But what is that as a pitcher when, when the game's on the line and it's and it really is, it really does matter. And you make a mistake and you lose your confidence and you go, I'm not throwing another fucking ball. I'm not I'm not making another mistake. That's the part which golf and baseball is it does remind me of the same thing of like Every time no, I've ever... It's, great, it's a great question, Jack. So here's the deal. J.W. in my car. I mean, I can go right to a, a, a life experience that just happened today. J.W. and I are driving over to watch you perform tonight. My youngest one calls me. He's the second baseman of Detroit Tigers. Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera is their DH first baseman towards the end of his career. When he was 19 years old, I think it was in 2003, I'm pitching in what I to believe was going to be my retirement year. I announced my retirement after the season. I'm pitching my final World Series game. 56,000 people in Miami uh, at that football stadium. It was transformed into a baseball stadium. And my very first pitch of the game, I knew it was special because the whole place lit up. Like my very first pitch, I almost couldn't see the hitter. There were so many flash bulbs. Get through the first two guys, little base hit and, and, and a walk. This 19-year-old comes up, and I battle him, almost getting punch him out with my split finger. End up throwing a 3-2 backdoor two-seamer. Runs back over the plate. He punches it. It lands in the first, it lands in the first row of the right field bleachers. 3 nothing. 
Florida in what was going to be my last game. Uh, I'm stepped off the mound. Place is going ballistic. Can't even hear my thoughts standing behind the mound. So do you start pa- – did you, did, you, did you get hot on the back of the neck? Like- no. What I said was to myself, I was like, well, this is a hell of a way to go out. This is going to be fun. I'm going to get pulled in the second inning of my final start, and this is how I'm going to retire. This ain't happening. Seven shutout innings later, we're tied up going into extra innings. And so what so, was that? And, and I said I was not going to let it. So it's just, again, it's th- is things it, that you draw on that you – Is it spirituality? Is it is it No. Is it just willpower? I, I, yeah. I think it's more willpower than, than even at my advanced age at that time. How old were you? Uh, shoot, well, I played till I was – I unretired. 70? I, yeah, 70. <laughs> there's a video out there. It looks like – there's a guy. I, the I want to bet. I called you and I go, hey, man <laughs> – how do you how do you get used to not playing much or not? You go. I told him. Hey, no, you no. Go, hey, man, I had I a lot of the practice. The only way I'm coming back, and I said, you got Jack singing the national anthem at one of the playoff games. I will come out of the bullpen for you. <laughs> Which, by the way, was one of my best moments with you. So I come down to play. It wasn't the anthem. It was the uh, God bless America. God bless America. And I'm. I didn't know you were there. And I'm standing right behind Verlander's pitching. And it's a seventh inning against the Yankees? Yeah, or, absolutely. Because the seventh inning yeah, stretches next. And you go, go hey, man. Because he threw a, he threw a strike <laughs> and goes, bam. And I go, whoa. And you go, hey, only difference between me and him <laughs> is that if that was my pitch, you'd hear a, you hear, You're like bacon in a frying pan. Bacon in a frying pan. I was like, <laughs> you still could play, man. Yeah. Could you be a closer? No chance. Come my, on. My elbow and shoulder would follow it. If Jim was hitting, I could. Could you be a mid-reliever? No, not now. Could I mean, you be nothing? I aged in dog years. I mean, nothing. I did it. No, I couldn't. It happened. It. So, yeah, it's over. Uh, the, but that feeling never leaves. No, and and like I said, when when I when I was young and I got to watch Tom Seaver, he was my teammate, the ultimate power pitcher, and I got to watch Nolan Ryan, and I got to watch Bob Gibson, and I got to do similar to this, right, what we're doing now. I got to sit down for 20 minutes with Don Drysdale. And I got to golf with Yogi Bear. Yeah, man. Who's a guy I would love to throw to. Yeah, I was about to say, was he a great catcher? Yogi, I would have got all the high strikes back then because he never squat down. If you see the old school, he's like up here. You could never squat, right? And Because uh, of knees yeah, or what? Yeah. So I told the story. Like Everybody talks about Yogiisms. Well, Yogi was my partner at the Bob Hope tournament for a couple of years. And one of the best were we were on the driving range. I knew it was getting close to our tee time. And uh, he was done hitting balls and walking behind me, and a bunch of people around there wanting to take photos. And so I tried to stop him. I go, Yogi. I go, what time is it? He looked at me. Goes, Rocket, right now? <laughs> no, no, tomorrow. So all tomorrow. of that was natural. <laughs> natural. I had him lean down. We were so he on was the... a natural genius no, idiot. But hey, thirteen. No, there's no idiot about this boy. That's what I mean. But, so but yeah, were those jokes but, like Seinfeld esque? Or, well, or did he, he just let him ride. He just let him ride. So. <laughs> One of my best is um, my one of my. By the way, anybody listening, we're going to edit that out. I didn't call Yogi Bear a fucking idiot. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. thirteen championship rings, one for each finger. We're good. We're good. Let's say, how about fucking looking out for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look. (laughs) Edit that, please. So, uh, thirteen championships, and uh, what what is one of Yogi's best ones is uh, nobody goes there anymore. It's too too crowded. That's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so here's one other one. So I'm, I've got like a 12 foot putt. It's a nasty little break and I'm going to call him over on purpose. And I told the caddies and the two photographers, there's about 18 photographers following us 
following our group. And I said, I'm going to get him behind me. I want you all to take a photo because I, I want one of the eight by ten. What years is this? This was the late 80s, early 90s. So you're still. Yeah, I'm, I'm still playing. I'm active. And so I got this putt, and I go, yo, come over here and help me. So he comes over and leans in behind me. I go, look at this thing. I mean, it was nasty putt, you know, big breaker. And uh, I go, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? Breaking, what do you think, yo? And he goes, better you than me, kid, and walked off. And that was, I go, there's one. There's one for it. But Yogi gave me the best compliment probably in, that anybody could, you know, with the Ted Williams and Mickey Mantles and uh, all the guys. You got to talk to those guys. I played nine holes with Mickey Mantle, and, and Ted was great. Was Ted a dick? Ted William. No, he was he was the man. Like you know, we've yeah. we've all heard that he was really stern. Cool. Like yeah. whatever with that DiMaggio, was. DiMaggio was hard to to approach too with guys too, and 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 I just would say hi to him. I wouldn't ask him for an autograph because I heard so they, he he didn't like the sign. But also, but they that like, goes all the way they back like to, greatness. If you're that not goes all great, the way back to your Johnny Bench story, Johnny. Johnny Bench paved the way for me to make the dollars I made. That's right. You, they, they couldn't. They couldn't afford me or Maddox right now in the league. There's no way they could afford us. We, we'd right. be making sixty million a year. Right. And you'd be worth it. Maddox. It's it's because it's the going rate. I mean, they couldn't afford us. Well, the and going rate of greatness is. And and what's even better than that? You only got to go four innings. You know, you <laughs> every time I've talked to you about this, you've been like, "What the fuck, man? I can, I can go four innings against anybody." Four innings. You don't even put your uniform in the wet bag. You know, in the laundry bag. Just hang you it up. Wash it, can't, it. it can't be dirty, right? So, but uh, I mean, that's pretty cool. Pitching too. I mean, the 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 you know, uh, Mickey Mantle. I got to play. With How was that? Golf with Mickey. He was awesome. He was awesome. I mean, it was so much fun. He, he was he, he a good tired, athlete. Like he was got he a good of, golfer. Um, he was a good golfer. Because most of you guys are. Preston Trails in, in Dallas. And uh, he shut it down after nine just because he got tired and it was hot. Had forearms on him like he was bailing hay when he was a kid, like a youngster. And, um, you know, again, having the likes to be able to talk to Ted Williams and Carl Yaskrimski, having the opportunity. So did you talk about – hold on. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt Yeah. But did you talk to Ted – as if you're talking to a baseball player that's about to that that you're about to face and be like, hey man, what what could I have done to screw it up? What could I have done to strike you out? So Ted's a hitter. He didn't like talking to pitchers at all. He wanted to keep <laughs> that distance between them. I think guys thought that about me. I had a more football mentality on the mound, you know, staring over my glove. Well, I saw they, I saw an interview with you earlier today where. Even now, you were like, well, I don't want to give away my secrets. I'm like, you're, you're yeah. a decade out of this deal. I had to deal. be careful because I called most of my game from the mound. And so when I when a catcher got traded to another team, I had to change my cadence. In these sign-stealing you know, air of all this stuff that's going on, you just got to change your sign. You got to be – you got to be um, – uh, creative to say the least with your signs and things like that Peyton you did. Manning playing against a, a yeah defensive. Omaha <laughs> check yeah. it uh kill 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 Omaha when he says Omaha that means Wichita <laughs> yeah whatever so um so yeah all, all that was uh good stuff but you got to understand with Ted Williams um you know, he was Mr. Williams my first two years. And then after I really established myself and he watched me win a couple of Cy Youngs and 20 games a couple of times, then it became Rocket. I got my nickname. and um, Who gave and, you that nickname? Uh, Bruce Hurst, left-handed pitcher, veteran pitcher. I struck out 20. And uh, he gave me the nickname, the Rocket, and it stuck. And uh, Hurst, he was a great, great – he's still a great friend. We t He texts all the time. And, um, you know, I had some great veterans on Jimmy Rice and Dwight Evans. But um, – uh, 
I tell you what, Jack, I, I was fortunate because I got to play with two of the most historic teams in two of the most historic stadiums ever. There'll never be an old Yankee Stadium. New Yankee Stadium, New Yankee Stadium's awesome, but there were ghosts in that old one, man. I'm telling you what, we we had some games that were unbelievable when we came back from behind. What's cool is I played so long, my younger two boys had the opportunity to um, realize what was going on. And they How were old sent, were they? Um, they ended up, uh, Casey was probably uh, 12, Cody uh, 11, 10 or 11, and they're like, Pops, you know, you got the you got the pitch and and in the batter's and box right there, right time. where yeah, right where Ted Williams and uh, and Babe Ruth played. And I go, yeah, and they go, and you pitched right there. If you see the f- video or the uh, still photo of Lou Gehrig giving his farewell speech, I I stood right there. I'm the luckiest. I stood man. right. Yeah. yeah, I'm the luckiest man. That I was stood. I got the pitch on that mound. And and Babe Ruth was there also, and Joe DiMaggio. You know, I, I love playing for Mr. Steinbrenner. When did you, you play- know you were going to excel from the from the start? Like, did you know mm. coming up? Like, so one thing that struck me earlier, and I hate to keep bringing up earlier interviews because whatever, I wasn't there. But but it's funny to me that you were talking about the, the other guys in your high school. There you go. You're on it. That were like real power pitchers. Yeah, and, you're on and it. You were kind of a. You were a curveball thrower. Yeah, it's cool that you mention that and remember <laughs> it. I was the third best pitcher on my high school team. So, I mean, I tell the people, you hear the stories. It's not a story. It's legit. So, I was a better defensive end than I was a pitcher first baseman. I was the third best pitcher on our team. Had I was a 16-year-old uh, sophomore. I mean, a 16-year-old junior. Uh, I graduated at 17. So, so, I was young, young graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut up, I was, Yeah. I, yeah. Un, unlike uh, un, unlike Jim, I, I wasn't 17 in the sixth grade. I wasn't 18 in the sixth grade. That was great. Hey, Jim. Sorry. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the ninth <laughs> inning. We got three so, innings yeah. to go. So, yeah, we can – hey, I'm telling you right now, Jack, we can do like three of these. So, especially when he remembers these stories. So, in high school, I had two dudes that were throwing 90, which was – that's, Unusual. That's fast. Uh, go back to our David Clyde story. David Clyde was like 93 miles an hour, which was unheard of when he pitched. It looked like somebody was landing an airplane. There were so many ray guns and scouts on him. And uh, <clears throat> so in high school, we had some dudes that threw hard. They had a chance to go to a four-year school or even to the pros. Right away. And right away. So all the scouts were there. A lot of college coaches were there. When they They didn't wet the bed. When they shit the bed – coach would bring me in in like the third or fourth inning the pressure or whatever got to them so they would shit the bed yeah they couldn't throw strikes when it mattered they couldn't do it yeah they threw hard but they would wet the bed a little and bit and when you got in i threw 84 85 tell me what right that down is, the middle man. and i had a little oh, i was a, i was a pitcher i mean i just had good mechanics think knock on wood i had mechanics where my pitching coach really didn't jack with my mechanics all the way Were through you ever thinking about so you know like okay so I had that little golf, bugs bunny curveball there's dustin johnson who says, ball must go in hole. And there's Phil Mickelson, who says, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, and it's going to fly like this, and it's going to do this and this. Yeah. Which one were you? Were you just what, like, what, you this got, must be and a you strike. Got, and you got a Jordan Spieth that says he aims small to miss small. So there's a lot of guys that have different philosophies, and it just depends on – you know, I don't want to say it on your podcast, but a lot of my uh, we can edit I, it. Yeah, I won't. I won't uh, 
I won't say any names, but most of my PGA friends, they're peanut brittle, man. What does that yeah, mean? I mean, I, I think they have a hard time when when something doesn't go perfectly. They're, I you know they, they lose they, their shit. Yeah, exactly. And you just yeah. Did you have I mean, an innate when, when you're losing your shit, as you say, is over somebody's taking a, a photo in your backswing, or somebody hollering you the man, or you know, I got guys. I I answered. I mean, in visiting ballparks, I answered to. So you're a to, football to player. Asshole. So you're a football is, player. Jim would call me. Some of my best friends call me that. No. <laughs> No. no, I've heard it. No, yeah, you've heard it. Yeah, that's that's the hog nuts. That's the best part it's about beer. It's bad when you get your your Fuck. drink. It's bad when you. Is it bad when you get your drink at Starbucks and and you you're not paying attention and one of your good friends are telling them what name to put it under and they your your frappuccino's made and you come out of the restroom and they go, hey, we got a frappuccino for hog nuts, and I go, well, but hold be, up, that would be me. Hold up, I really <laughs> do want to know this because <laughs> when I first started to be friends with you. And we met, and we had a good yeah, time. And yeah. I was like, "You thought my name was Hognuts? No, I thought it was asshole." <laughs> yeah, I've been called. Yeah, exactly. And I answered to it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, man, you don't get seven Cy Youngs. You don't get 25, 24 years. Yeah, you don't get that shit unless somebody has a something to prove. Yeah. And when you have something to prove that big, a twelve-year career, that's badass. Like yeah. literally, yeah. But a twenty-four year career and 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 coming back and having some of the best years of your career in the last three years, you don't get that without a little ego. Yeah, I, I don't. And know. if you want to cry about the yeah. ego, then man, hey, then fuck you. Yeah, I don't know about I don't know about his ego. I mean, I think I well, think what is a little it? bit. Little, uh, I think it's just you know I was. Um, you know, I was ready to retire in Boston, and a dude came in, a new GM, and, and sent about five of us packing and wished me good luck in the twilight of my career. I think I played another 14 years or whatever it was. I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it was a good twilight. And you remember that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. The memory yeah. of you. Of, of yeah. The, the, the well, because I, can... wanted to, I wanted to play my – because I poured my heart and soul out for 13 years in Boston. I wanted to play there and finish there. And that's my second home. I have a lot of great friends and fans and family still there now. They know they know my feelings. Um, but having said that, I never experienced the the joy of pitching in Toronto for a couple of close friends there. I never had the experience of playing in Yankee Stadium. So did you go from Boston to Toronto? I did. I did. Then I had a chance to go Yankees. straight to. I had a chance to go straight from Boston to New York, but I thought it would just be a knife in the heart to the you know the Boston the Red Sox Yankees rivalry would have been just a stick of knife in but but i did hit it off very well with mr beeston with the blue jays and um i loved it there i was dealing but they they weren't going to catch go a little anywhere. blowback from, from from going to the yankees because I, I never really heard that. not not really i mean a little bit but the the rivalry got good you got to understand when i was a red sox jack the yankees weren't very good they had donnie mattingly and a few i mean they had some good players but they weren't competitive at all right our, and our by team, the way, for anybody that's watching that's a huge baseball fan, I know like I know that there's a lot of baseball fans that are watching this going, Ingram doesn't know shit. But I do understand yeah, some of these rivalries. things. I mean, how can you not? The Red Sox Yankees. And plus so, you came and played for the Strohs. That's right. So so with the Yankees Red Sox, once uh, it, with the Red Sox in the late 80s, early 90s, the Blue Jays were our rival because they were winning. Then when I went to the Yankees, Red Sox got new ownership. Then the then the then the knockdown dragout stuff started happening again because you're playing for one trophy. So they started getting and good. You, yeah, you start you started getting good. Like, 
you know, both teams are super competitive. Um, and then I was done. And next thing you know, a couple hundred people outside the gate in Houston. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to try and play. And it was nerve wracking because I finally get to play at home. What do you mean a couple hundred people outside the gate? The radio station, everybody, they wanted me to come out of retirement. There's a radio station. So you mentioned moved a back things. home to Houston. No, there's no moving. We always had our home there. We, we never, I had a place never, in New York and we never left school and stuff for the boys. And so we never left, but I had a quite a few, quite a few fans, you know, tell me to let's do this in Houston. And now I'm 42 years old, 43 years old. So now, now it becomes a test amongst my mind and my body to be able to hold up. And, uh, for me to, amazing. for me to win, I don't know what that one year I won 18 and four and won <laughs> the Cy Young it, was, was incredible, and we flipped the town for three years from a football city to a baseball town, and we got to the World Series. Didn't win it, but we got the likes of uh, Easy over there. Don't if you have indigestion, go go to the restroom. Was that the sweep? See, season ticket holder. He we, was. We didn't like that. We didn't like it. No, no, but we got some of the guys that were. Uh, but I did get to tell my brother-in-law to fuck See? off. See, because we beat the Cardinals. <laughs> Hey, I loved coming home, sleeping in How my own that? bed. It was fun because it's twenty minutes, you know, twenty minutes away from the ballpark. And uh, but not only did you pitch, man, you dominated. Yeah, we did good. We we played well. I was lucky. What was <laughs> wrong with the White Sox? Were they just better? We were, even though we lost four games. If you look at the games and uh, and uh, the way that the series turned out, we were never really out of a ball game. It was a close series, so and uh, yeah. So that's a funny, part but it was fun. Six, six World Series, a lot of them very emotional. And while I tell you for your viewers, um, the, the coolest thing that I've ever done, and we talk all this baseball and everything. But...